Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. Welcome back to Pirate Talk Radio, episode 51. One away from the big old year mark of Pirate Talk Radio. And uh, I promised you in the last episode that we would continue our player experience discussion. If you want to hear uh, the, the one-hour podcast that I did last week, make sure you check it out. It's on the YouTube. It's obviously on your podcasting app. And we talk about a lot of different things revolving around player experience, and rare and how they can improve the player experience both for new and existing players we talked about events we talked about a whole bunch of stuff revolving around player experience and i teased that i would have one last thing to talk about on player experience and that is the message that rare is sending to all its players uh, as it's continuing through the season as it's continuing updates and we're going to get to that today uh but i did a little bit of science a little science experiment um, with, uh, leading into that, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, and it's all going to lead into that player experience. So stay tuned. I've got a few things, uh, to, to the little science story to tell you, and then we'll get into, um, and we'll get into the final, the message that rare is sending, but I want to get to news first, uh, because as of this recording on October 27th, the community, the world community of sea of thieves has come together and has completed. 150,000, or sorry, 150 million skeletal kills. So if you're listening to this on the Patreon and you haven't logged into Sea of Thieves yet, I strongly suggest you do so before November 4th. Um, you're going to get this episode before everyone else, so you get the, the, the heads-up warning. Get your 10 skeleton kills to make sure you get your title and two figureheads. And if you're not a patron and you're getting this episode a little later in October than, than they do, Make sure you're getting in and getting your 10 skeleton kills before November 4th. Um, because if you don't, you're not going to get the two figureheads and you're not going to get the title. Um, again, you only have to kill 10. That's what unlocks the entire event and allows you access to what the world community has unlocked, which is 150 million skeleton kills um, between October 11th and November 4th. And that is two figureheads, uh, the Wicked Web figurehead and the Collector's Wicked Web figurehead, and also... I believe it's a title for the 10 skeleton kills. Um, so make sure you get in there and get it. And also there's only six weeks, six weeks. That's uh, we're, we're, we're diving close to under two months left in season four. So make sure you're working on that plunder past as well. And that's going to all lead up to the science experiment that I, uh, I did this week. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, there's also, with the community event going on, there's also the Fury of the Damned event, uh, which, to be honest, is just the Festival of the Damned redone again, uh, because we love to reuse, refresh, recycle um, the events that we've used for the past three years, and Festival of the Damned always happens, and here we go again. And um, 
I didn't notice this when I talked about this event and I gave this event kudos. I gave the world event kudos because I like the fact that they brought the world together. The entire community unlocked something. I think it's a great idea. But I didn't go into the Fury of the Damned favor. And I started to see a lot of tweets. And I started to see a lot of Reddit posts. And I started to just see a lot of complaints about the Fury of the Damned uh, favor. In that it was very challenging to get the appropriate favor that you need to unlock the tanker, the blunderbuss, and the cannon. So the tanker, you have to get 500 favor. The blunderbuss is 1,000. And the cannon is 2,000, right? And you can do this uh, through the normal, boring ways that Rare and Sea of Thieves always does. You can earn favor by, you know, defeating a skeleton on the Fort of the Damned. You can earn favor um, by doing a daily deed. You can earn favor by defeating Grey Marrow, or lighting the Flames of Fate, or killing Flameheart, or blowing up skeleton ships. But then there's the Armies of the Damned. And this is the times two favor, right? Times two. So everything that you do, and it doesn't tell you what you, how much favor you get in these, but everything in this gives you two times the favor, which means it's the best way and fastest way uh, to get your favor. Now, the I'm going to read you the five, if you're not aware, the five times two favor, and you're going to notice a trend, okay? So the first one, earn favor... Uh, at a fair amount by defeating a phantom. Do so in an alliance for extra favor. That's a times two favor in an alliance. Earn a good amount of favor by defeating skeleton lords. Do so in an alliance and gain extra favor. Earn a fair amount of favor by handing in stronghold skulls. Do so in an alliance and earn extra favor. Now that can only be handed into Order of Souls, so... You can't sell that stuff to Reapers and get the get the credit, but if you hand it into our Order of Souls and in an alliance, you're going to get double favor. Earn a fair amount of favor by defeating skeleton captains. Do so in an alliance for extra favor. Earn a huge amount of favor defeating Ashen Lords. Do so in an alliance and get extra favor. So I hope you picked up on the trend there of extra favor means doing it in an alliance there's obviously a lot of players out there who are against alliances there's a lot of pvp players and even pve players that they just want to go out and do these things on their own and to get 2000 favor i don't know what the counts are for all the things because i'll tell you about my science experiment in a minute i don't know what they are but i know a lot of people are saying it's a lot to get 2000 favor and when i first did my episode about this and I, I said, well, events like this aren't meant for everyone to complete. And I firmly believe that, that events aren't all, shouldn't be designed for every single player to complete. You know, the world event, that's fine. I think everyone can complete that because the world does the work, most of the work for you. You just have to log in and kill 10 skeletons, right? But the other event where you get the favor, a lot of people are saying it's tough. I, it's, it's rough. It's hard. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not. It's super easy. And in fact, I completed the entire Fury of the Damned in less than three hours. And here's the science experiment. Now, I've talked multiple times on this podcast how much Alliance servers are crap, how bad they are. 
I've talked about how Rare has multiple times said that they're watching Alliance servers because they don't feel that they they keep the integrity of the game, that they're cheating, that they're giving you an advantage over other players. So I said, well, all of this Armies of the Damned times two favor, it says complete in an alliance. Okay, well, I've got some plunder pass to do as well. I wanted to test if I joined one of these alliance servers, how long would it take me and how much would I get in that time to complete Fury of the Damned? What would my rewards be? One, what would my plunder pass level be? Two, and how long does it take to complete this event that a lot of people say is very hard to do? So I signed up for an Alliance server, got processed through really quickly. I apologize. There's outdoor noise going on. I apologize for the outdoor noise. There's construction going on in my area and I can't do anything about it. So I apologize for that. So I, I found one of these Alliance servers. I'm not going to tell you which one, because again, I don't want anyone to go out and flame these folks there right now. It's not against rares rules to run Alliance servers. So I don't want anyone to go out there and flame them. I don't want them to join the server and, and do bad things. Right. So I'm not going to tell you what Alliance server I joined, but I joined one. I was processed very quickly. It was a very simple process. Everyone was very nice. You know, all that I had to do was link my Xbox thing to my discord and I was done and I was in. And it took me about an hour in the queue uh, to get on a Fort of the Damned boat. Again, I love Fort of the Damned. Um, you know, I needed to get my Reaper Emissary for the new reward. So I'm like, we'll do a Fort of the Damned. Okay. And so I, I queued up for Fort of the Damned. It took me right around an hour to get on a boat. Uh, and just to give you an idea, just again, let you know, as far as what boats were running in my time playing, it was a six ship Alliance server. There was a world event ship. There was a gold hoarder ship, but it was running the Reaper emissary doing gold hoarder missions. There was a Fort of the Dam boat, the boat I got on. There was a normal gold hoarder boat. There was a fishing boat and there was an Athena boat. So that was what it was. World events, gold hoarder Reaper, gold hoarder emissary, Fort of the Dam fishing and Athena. Okay. That was what the six boat galleon Alliance server was. And I got into the, um, the Fort of the Dam boat. Cause that's, that's, I, that's what I wanted to do because again, I wanted to test how fast I could get fury of the damned done because everyone said it was challenging. And again, the folks saying it's challenging, I'm assuming are not doing this on the Alliance servers. Kudos to you, but I wanted to science this out. Well, the first thing I can tell you is my experience on an Alliance server. Let me, let me just lay out the experience. Okay. There are so many people who don't understand moving sails. There are so many people who don't understand a boat can stop without using the anchor. No one knows how to drive. You have more cannonballs than you know what to do with. And so no one's aim is good. Like literally a skeleton ship spawned on us between Reapers and Fort of the Damned. And I was amazed at how long it took us to sink the boat because no one aside from me was hitting cannon shots. It was insane. 
It was like the 4th of July watching these cannonballs fly. It was nuts. It was crazy. On top of that, if anyone out there, including myself, complains about rare servers being laggy, join an Alliance server. This server, which was based in the United States, was so laggy, so laggy, rubber banding everywhere. I could, like, the Fort of the Damned, doing Fort of the Damned, let me tell you how laggy it is. I can do a Fort of the Damned on Adventure on a live server with my good galleon crew in 15 minutes. We can knock out a Fort of the Damned in 15 minutes. That's how fast it takes me to knock out Fort of the Damned on Adventure. On this Alliance server, in three hours, we got five Fort of the Damned done. Three hours. Now, if you do the math, which I am not good at math, okay? 15 minutes is a quarter of an hour. So that means we could do, on Adventure, my crew could do about four Fort of the Dams in an hour. And we got five Fort of the Dams done in three hours on this Alliance server because of the lag and lack of ability to play by these players. Now, I'm not saying all Alliance servers have bad players on them. All that I'm saying is there's no threat out there. There's no reason for you to get good at shooting there's no reason for you to get good at the game. Why? Because there's no threat out there. People are AFK constantly. I was like, I am a person that when I'm playing Sea of Thieves, I want efficiency, right? No one should just be standing around touching themselves. There's always something to be done on a boat. Angling sails. You're steering. You're shooting off to get supplies. What? No, no, no. I was soloing this galleon because the other three people, when they would get on the boat from after loading up for the dam, were just standing there. What were they doing? No clue. No one wanted to angle sails. No one wanted it. So I was soloing this galleon by myself. So horrible player experience from a player who plays adventure, has done really well in adventure, has played in the NAL, as a player who's about efficiency and 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 maximizing the amount of shit you can get done in your play session i was i i was when i got this science test done i was done i was i couldn't get off that server fast enough because just the absolute ignorance of the players the lack of skill of players the ridiculous lag on the it was awful. It was an awful experience. But it was for science. So let me run this down. Five for the dams on an Alliance server, and I broke down the boats on the Alliance server. This is what I came away with. Full Fury of the Damned completion. All 20 or all 2,000 points of favor completed in five for the dams. Total time played three hours. Just under three hours. Five for the dams, just under three hours, all three items unlocked. Just under three million gold generated. A million gold an hour. 
28 levels on the plunder pass in three hours. I want you to, I want that to just sink in real quick. I want you to, I just want that to sink in real quick. I hadn't done this event at all. I was at zero, absolute zero favor. And in three, this was a month long event. A just October 11th to November 4th, a month long event. Think about this. And I was at zero on October 27th. And this event is supposed to last a month. And on October 27th, I log into the game for three hours, complete the event, walk away with 3 million gold, just under 3 million gold, and 28 levels in the plunder pass. A quarter of my plunder pass, which is supposed to last three months, a quarter of it, more than a quarter of it, completed in three hours, along with a month-long event, completed in three hours and a million gold an hour. Now, you tell me, you tell me how absolutely unfair to the general player base of this game, that is. That players have been playing since October 11th, when they can, even casual players, when they can, to get this tankard, this blunderbuss, and this cannon. Some casual players playing, when they can, for three months to try to get the plunder pass done. Trying so hard to get their, their stuff in, to get their cosmetics. And in three hours, I do 28 levels, a million gold an hour, and get this event done. How unfair is that? Absolutely unfair. It's ridiculous. Now, I don't know what statistic Rare is looking at when they made an announcement on their podcast that they were going to be watching Alliance servers because they felt that they were, they're cheaty, they're unfair, they're, they're doing things the game is not intending to do, they're, they're breaking the system and making it unfair for players. Yeah, they are. I just, three hours, I beat your month-long event, a million gold an hour, and a quarter of the plunder pass done in three hours. That is way unfair to most of this player base who is struggling and working hard to get your events done. And someone on the Alliance server can get it done in three hours. Now for me, huh? I don't care about the gold. Gold is an infinite resource in this. I don't, I would have got my event stuff done regardless because I'm that type of grinder, but I wanted to test it out. I have bitched about Alliance servers for a long time. I've complained about them. I think they're unfair. I think they're against what this game is about. And obviously Rare has called that out as well, but they haven't done anything about it. So I wanted to science it out. And I wanted to see what type of advantage I would have by logging into an Alliance server. And by God, that advantage is asinine. That advantage is ridiculous. That advantage is un... In fact... In fact, I sit here and say, well, if rare, you're not going to shut down the Alliance servers. Players out there, you want to get your events done? You want to knock out and get your cosmetics done? Join Alliance servers. Just get it done. And then go back to your normal stuff. 
Jesus, it's so against the game. It's awful. Now, my like I said, in those three hours, I have a headache from dealing with the idiocy. I have a headache from the rubber banding and the lag because of how much loot and storage crates and bullshit that's sitting around on that server and how long that server's been up. It was an absolutely miserable experience for me. But if you're a person who just wants to get this shit done, Jesus, join the Alliance server before Rare bans them. And they should ban them because that is nuts. That is such an advantage. That is such a competitive advantage to anyone else trying to do this. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And the only reason I got the idea to science this out was because everyone was saying how hard getting the favor is. And I was like, well, this whole times, the, the best way to get favor, the times two section all says to be done in alliance. All right, so let's science it out. I did it and it's nuts. Nuts. And now, even though this is complete speculation, now, I wonder, if Alliance servers didn't exist, if Alliance servers were banned, if Rare actually did something about it, like they've said they're they're going to, or they said they're thinking about doing, if they actually did something about it, would the world community even hit 150 million skeleton kills? If these Alliance servers didn't exist, where there's six ships out there killing skeletons, non-stop doing these missions, constantly doing four to the dam, which those skeletons count. If, 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 if these Alliance servers didn't exist, would the world community have even hit 150 million? I don't know if we would have, I honestly don't know if we would have, I don't know if we would have, it's nuts. It's in, I, my, like, I finished that play session this morning and I was taking those notes down and I was just like, boy, like I am, I am hot. I am sweating right now for the absolute rage that I have. I hope you can hear the passion and the rage in my voice from this absolutely asinine experience. It was a horrible player experience. First off, the people were, were okay. They were nice. There was one person on the boat that I wanted to slap the living shit out of because they wouldn't shut up on voice communications. And they kept saying dumb stuff and they weren't doing anything. So I just wanted to stop. But my overall experience with the people of the Alliance server was great. The overall player experience on the Alliance server was dog shit. It was nuts. With so many mixed emotions. But after experiencing that and seeing it and seeing how fast I could, I, I got that done. And how much of a plunder pass I got done. And how much gold I got. I see I see why people join Alliance servers and that's all they play. I 100% see. That's why they play. And I can also see why a lot of new players who only have a couple months under their belt are Pirate Legend and have the full Dark Adventurer set already. Why? Because if you're on an Alliance server generating a million plus gold an hour... And getting all of that reputation level up. Yeah, you can hit Pirate Legend like that. You can probably hit Pirate Legend in less than a day. If you swap between some of the different boats. 
and millions upon millions, like hand over fist in gold, and you can just go buy your Dark Adventurer stuff. It was absolutely mind blowing. Mind blowing. Now, I'm not going to go too much more into my Alliance server experience because I am going to be, um, I'm going to be a guest on another podcast. Uh, we're recording it Saturday. I'm not sure when the, um, when the podcast officially comes out, I don't know. Uh, but I will be recording it, uh, with captain, uh, captain blubber on Saturday. And it is their, uh, their, their episode 31. And it's the official unofficial sea of thieves podcast. And they're on episode 31 and captain blubber reached out to me and asked if I'd be a guest. So I'm going to be on a guest. The title of the podcast is the future of sea of thieves. Um, so that's going to be coming out, uh, at some point in the future, but I will be guest, uh, a host or uh, being a guest on that show. Uh, you'll get to learn, learn a little bit more about me that great questions that he sent me, uh, that I haven't talked about on here. Uh, so make sure you go check that out and I'll, I'll hopefully next week have the, when that podcast is going to be released. Um, I know it's on YouTube. I know it's on his YouTube. Um, but I will give you more details there, but it's the official or it's the official unofficial see of these podcast. And one of the topics that we're going to talk about is a topic that I provided, which is Alliance servers, the double-edged sword. And I'm going to go into detail about this experience that I had and, and speculation on what Alliance server, like they're awful and they're bad for the game, but in the same regards, I think they're keeping the game afloat. So I will go into my rant and discussion about that on that podcast because I don't want to take that away from him uh, as I'm a guest on there and that was a topic that was brought up for me to talk about. Um, so you'll have to go over and listen to that and I'll see about maybe getting clips of that podcast to, to add to Pirate Talk Radio. Um, but I don't want to take the whole thing away. I want to make sure that that is his podcast and that I'm a guest on his show and, and that that integrity is there, but make sure you go check that out. And again, I'll have more details about that after we record this weekend and I get those details. So if you want to hear more about my experience on an Alliance server and more so my thoughts on the Alliance server and maybe why rare hasn't banned them and got rid of them yet, you'll have to tune in and listen to that. But how does this tie into player experience aside from me having an absolute horrible experience on, on this particular Alliance server with lag and the player skill and, and that kind of stuff. How does this tie into our larger player experience discussion that we've been having and how does more so, how does that play into the message that sea of thieves is uh, sending to us? Let me tell you how that plays into the message that sea of thieves is sending to us. The times to favor, we talked about earlier, I read them all off to you. They all end with, do so in an alliance for extra favor. So literally, Rare has made a fast track, easy way for you to complete their event if you are on an alliance server. Yes, you could be in a normal alliance, sure. You could be in a normal alliance out there. And, uh, and just do, you know, two ship, three ship, whatever you find, you know, organically. 
But on an Alliance server, you have six boats, six boats working for you on gold and everything else. They have an entire fast track on their event for people in an Alliance. A fast track for people to get this done. All they got to do is join an Alliance server, which tells me the message that Sea of Thieves is sending is we want peace, not war. We want PVE, not PVP. We want players to play together in harmony and not fight each other. Even though the core of the game is PVEVP and PVP, as Chapman has said multiple times, is an emergent event. A player is another emergent threat that should be always a, always out there as a potential fight in Sea of Thieves. Their messaging says otherwise. Their messaging says, we would rather you fast track our event by joining an alliance and not fighting each other. That's what their message says. And though they may come out and say, we're against alliance servers, we're watching them, we're monitoring them, but we think they're, they're causing an integrity issue with their game. All that is true, but what are they doing about it? They're releasing events that encourage people to join Alliance servers, which tells me they're encouraging Alliance servers. Maybe not outwardly, but read between the lines. And the encouragement is there when the fast track for this event is done so all in an Alliance. When in three hours of play, you can complete their event, get all your cosmetics, get around a million gold an hour, and get over a quarter of your plunder pass done in three hours. Their entire system that they have built in these seasons and in these events can be undermined and fast-tracked through alliances, but they're not doing anything about it. They might say they're monitoring it and watching it, but until they take action and they keep putting events out here and they keep putting fast-tracks in here for people in an alliance, all that I can say is you're encouraging the Alliance servers. You may be monitoring them, but you are encouraging them through your events and through your actions. So what are some other messaging um, that Sea of Thieves has sent? And I really want to focus in on season four here because season four brought in this new message that I really, really don't like. Um, and that is this concept of leaving your ship, right? The shrines and treasuries, you have to leave your ship and you have to dive down and do the event and come back up and hope your ship isn't gone. Or if it is gone, then you got to go get your ship and come back and then get your clamshell loot and all that fun stuff. And I listened to uh, the recent episodes of Keelhold Podcast like I do every week and uh, Logan had Caleb back on and they were talking about this and Caleb was very against the idea of either one Everyone leaves their ship and the ship is just left up there to fend for itself, i.e. sink. Or someone has to be left out of the fun below to guard the ship and warn everyone of an imminent threat. Either way, it's bad game design. It's bad game design. One, if you have to leave someone up there, the no fun person has to stay up there on guard duty. They don't get to play the new stuff. They don't get to enjoy the new content. That's not fun. That is bad game design that's excluding a player from playing. And then on top of that, 
They're completely slapping the entire idea of piracy in the face with this. The game is supposed to be based on the golden age of piracy in the West Indies, i.e. the Caribbean. The pirate ship, the sloop, the brigantine, the galleon, the man of war, whatever it is, that was the pirate's life. Without that ship, they had no means of income. Without that ship, they had no power against the English or the French or the Spanish. Without that ship, they didn't have freedom. And we just came off of the pirate's life where they talked about being a pirate was about that freedom. Without the ship, you don't have freedom. You don't have a way of income. You don't have a way of defending yourself. But the entire update of Sunken Kingdom is about leaving your ship. And they even built in a system of getting your loot, which means if you left your ship and it got sunk with you away, that you can just come back and get your loot. That is... that that is. You're going against the pirate's life. You're going against what it meant to be a pirate. That ship was everything to you. It was everything to you. And the concept of, of watching players, and yes, it happens on streams all the time. People find it entertaining. People do it all the time. Where they just free sail their ship and they jump off to tuck on something. And their ship just goes off into the horizon and eventually it'll sink and it'll be gone. And they just leave. That is completely against the pirate life. That is completely against being a pirate. Pirates didn't abandon their ship that was a perfectly healthy and fine ship to go and sneak on someone else's ship and then use a rowboat to take the loot away. No! You engaged in warfare on the water. Sure, there were boardings then, but you never let your ship sink. Your ship was your life. Without that ship, you were nothing. Without that ship, you were not a pirate. Without that ship, you had no means of money. And the message that Sea of Thieves is sending is that you don't need to have your ship to make money. You don't need to have your ship to adventure. You don't need to have your ship for any reason whatsoever than just to get somewhere quicker. And that is completely against the idea of being a pirate. It's bad game design based on the historical reference that this game is based around. It's horrible game design. Especially when time and time again, we hear that the game is in reference to and based in the time period of the golden age of piracy in the West Indies, i.e. the Caribbean. It's horrible design. It's bad storytelling. It's inaccurate historically. I'm not saying that Sea of Thieves is historical at all, to a certain degree. I'm not saying that this fantasy world of Jack Sparrow and cursed cannonballs and Walking Dead is at all real. But when you base a game in a historical time period, there are certain things about that time period that you bring into the game. And you can see it everywhere, from the island design, which very much rem reminds you of the tropics, from how the ships are designed, very much designed like the ships of the golden age of piracy, from the trading companies and the outposts and selling your, your goods that you got, very much designed after that. But the ship doesn't matter, let it sink, I'll just come back and get my clamshell later, 
hey, my ship doesn't matter. I'm going to fire out of a cannon, which again, not possible, but I'm going to go to another boat and forget about my boat. No, absolutely not. That is a horrible design. It is a horrible design. So is this a game? Is this, is this truly a pirate game now? Or is this game becoming an adventure game that just so happens to have ships? Because I'm not going to lie with this new sunken kingdom where you leave your boat and another opportunity for it just to sink and then you just come back and not give a damn about your boat. That's not pirate. That's not how pirates acted. It took a lot to make a pirates abandon their ship. And when I mean a lot, I mean, one, the ship was sinking. Two, the ship was on fire and unrecoverable. Three, there was plague, as in rats and plague and disease on the boat, and they were trying to get off of it. Four, the boat got stranded somewhere out in the water because of a storm or something, and they just hoped that if they jumped ship, they had a chance to survive. That is the only time that you gave up your ship Unless you got boarded by another ship and lost the fight and surrendered to save your life. That's the only time that you left your ship. And in Sea of Thieves, the more and more they update and the more and more they come out with, there is no punishment aside from time to go get your ship and bring it back. That's the only punishment. It's becoming an adventure game that just so happens to have ships, not a pirate game. A pirate game would put more value on your ship. My saying on my crew is no ship, no money. Which means the message that I send to my crew when I've got my crew together is no matter what happens, this ship and the bounty that we have on it stays afloat if we have to run for a little while and then turn to get a better strategic advantage that's fine but no one leaves the ship if we are damaged in any way that we could threaten to sink no ship no money the ship goes down and so does our money it all's gone That's a pirate's life. That's being a pirate. That is a pirate's game. Sea of Thieves has become an adventure game that just so happens to have ships. And it's easily changed. It's easily changed. I'm not someone who likes to bitch about something without providing a solution. Let me tell you how I'd fix this. One, you are no longer allowed to generate any gold whatsoever from any item unless your boat it doesn't have to be anchored but unless your boat is with a certain range of an outpost i.e. the same range to raise and lower an emissary flag and it must be at a complete stop it doesn't have to have the anchor down but it has to be at a complete stop that is the only way you get gold from selling items that means if you, st- if you go by a sea post no more firing off and selling your fish That means if you're getting chased by someone, no more jumping off the boat and swimming a chest in. That means if you get sunk by someone or you fire off your ship and let your ship sink and you steal their loot in a rowboat, 
No more rowing to an outpost and selling it off. You have to have your ship at a stopped motion in range of an outpost or a sea post in order to make any gold off of items. Only way. No ship, no money. No more of this lack of pirate's life bullshit. This would also this would also help with their emissary system. No more cruise by emissary flag changes. You have to be in range of the outpost and stopped to lower your emissary flag. Which I think they attempted to change not too long ago, but I'm pretty sure you can still fire off as your boat's cruising by, and as long as it stays in range, it doesn't have to be stopped in order to change your emissary flag. I think they started to work on that a couple months back and then stopped. But they really need to do something to put value back behind the boats, behind the ship. The ship is a pirate's everything. Without the ship, a pirate is not a pirate. Without a ship, they have nothing. The ship is the pirate. The only thing more valuable than the ship is the sailor's or the, the pirate's life, their actual life. And I'll tell you what, if you go back in the history books and read about some of these captains and their, their crews, those crews would give their life to protect their treasure and their ship. They're not just going to abandon ship to go swim over and get on another boat. They're not going to abandon ship and use a rowboat. So I really want to see Sea of Thieves change their messaging. I want them to put the pirate back into Sea of Thieves. That pirate feeling back into Sea of Thieves. I.E. getting rid of Alliance servers. I.E. putting value behind the pirate ship. So you have to have your ship in order to make money. Stop bringing out content which requires you to leave your ship in order to do it. Now that's not saying you can't leave your ship and go to an island with your ship parked. That's fine. But don't have something where it's a ridiculous puzzle underwater or a fort underwater where you are so far away from your ship that you can't see the horizons. Now some people may say, well, what about Gold Hoarder Vault? All right, that's a fair question. I can tell you that there is no island that has a Gold Hoarder Vault that if you put the key by the door, don't open it, put it by the door, climb to the you know, most visible part of the island and do a horizon check, then go down, unlock the door. You can clear that vault out of the door, solve the puzzle, and go do another horizon check before anyone's going to sneak up on you. There's not a single island out there in Sea of Thieves that can be snuck up on that quickly. You just have to be smart. But if I'm underwater, I can't see, I can't hear. Sure, there's some cannon shots you can hear, I think. But by the time I get back to my ship and I hear cannon shots, it's over. Sure, I can do a horizon check before I dive down. But once I'm underwater, I'm blind. I have to complete everything to get the loot, and by that point, I don't get to do a second horizon check. 
In a gold hoarder vault, I get a horizon check before I start. I drop down. I do the vault. Before I load my ship, I do a second horizon check. By that point, I should be able to know if someone's uh, coming up on me and, and act accordingly. But when I'm underwater, I can't do that. And they definitely should not design any sort of system which requires one person to stay on the boat and not take part in the fun. That is just really bad multiplayer game design. When you're playing a multiplayer game, you're trying to play with people. You're trying to play the game with other people. And if you have to sit on the boat, sure, that's an important job, but you don't get to experience the new stuff. That is horrible game design. That is probably one of this update. Sunken Kingdom, in my mind, is probably one of the worst game design updates that Sea of Thieves has ever done. It's one of the worst. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it has a lot of cool lore in it. We've talked about that. Yes, it's got a whole bunch of cool looking items in it. Yes. But in a game where it's about you want to partake in the content, you want to play with your friends, you want to play the game, this is one of the worst designed updates they have ever done. Because if you're doing it properly and keeping your ship afloat, you have to leave someone behind. Which means they are not getting to play. They're not getting to play in the new stuff with their friends. Or if you're a solo player, which there's a lot of us out there, you have to leave your ship unprotected without any sort of vision on the horizon. That is not a pirate's life. And that is not how a solo player would want to live. Because a solo player has it the hardest. Right? They're going to steer the ship. They've got to board. They've got to shoot their cannons. They've got to do all the work. If you're interested in seeing how stressful and crazy a solo player is, go on Twitch, twitch.tv slash shockwave zero. I will put his link in the description box and in the show notes. If you want to see how stressful playing as a solo sloop player is, go watch shockwave because he is one of the best, if not the best solo sloop player in the world. And I am blown away and I'm anxious and I'm stressed just watching him play. So releasing an entire content update, which requires him, someone who values his ship and doesn't want his ship to sink, and in fact will go for a board, put his ship in a turn where it's not going to hit anything, and make sure before their ship that he's attacking sinks, he gets back to his if his has a hole in it to make sure it's bailed out. He does not sink unless he is, you know, bugged or put in a really bad position and loses a fight. He values his ship because that is what a good pirate would do. And Rare is designing this game to be an adventure game that so so happens to have ships. And just take pirate out of it. Just take pirates out of it. Because I'm feeling less like a pirate and more just like I'm playing an adventure game. I'm playing a, a beautiful adventure game. They need to bring the pirate back into Sea of Thieves. And to do that, they have to put value behind the ship. They have to do more things to encourage player versus player. They have to do more things to encourage saving your ship, not just letting it sink or sinking it on purpose. That has to have a punishment behind it. 
and they need to do more things to encourage stealing. Pirates were about stealing stuff from other people. The British, the French, other pirates. They were about stealing it. Not sitting here getting a tanker, a blunderbuss, and a cannon by getting together in a whole fleet of six ships and playing as friends. That was the worst experience ever. It was awful. But that is the messaging that Sea of Thieves is sending, and it's hurting their player experience. It's teaching new players that joining an alliance server gets you more money, levels you quicker, and gets you your cosmetics over playing out in the world. It's teaching new players that you could leave your ship and still get plenty of loot, even though it sinks. It's teaching new players that someone has to stay on the ship to guard and they don't get to play. They just have to stand there and watch the horizon. And it's telling existing players that the idea of Sea of Thieves is more becoming Sea of Friends. I know we've all heard that before on Reddit and on Twitter and in videos. But when an entire section, the most profitable section of an event is all about being in an alliance, it's no longer Sea of Thieves. It is Sea of Friends. So change the name if that's the messaging you're going to send us. Because right now, I don't feel much like a pirate. I just feel like a sailor that just so happens to be out there on a ship with my friends and their friends and random people we call friends just to get money. It's awful. It's awful. That's the messaging that they're sending. So I, I strongly hope as we get through season four and we move to the second year of seasons, which would be season five, I really hope Rare starts to think about their messaging and what message they're sending through their updates, through their events, through their content. I hope they start sending consistent messages. I hope they start sending Sea of Thieves message, not alliances and Sea of Friends messages. I hope they reinvigorate these pirates' light. Not the, not the update, season three update, but reinvigorate what it meant to be a pirate in this time. That the ship is valuable. The ship is the most important possession you could have. The most important thing in a pirate, aside from their well-being physical life. I hope they really start to think about this messaging and really start to think about how they design these events and how they design this content. And how it shapes how these pay players are playing. Because I can tell you this. If I was a new player today. And someone told me. That I don't have to worry about getting killed. And I can generate a million gold an hour. And I can level to pirate legend real quick. And I never have to worry about grinding out an event ever again. All you got to do is join an alliance server. I can tell you right now. I don't think there's a, I would say 99% of new players would be on that Alliance server and never leave it. And that is not the integrity of the game that we all love. And the only group, the only group that can do something about it, because I'll tell you this, the Alliance servers have been around for a long time. And if you go to, um, if you go to Sea of Thieves website, um, and you go to their partnered section, which I'm trying to remember 
where that is. There's a partnered, there's a Sea of Thieves partnered section. And for the life of me, I don't remember where it is on the, um, on their website. But if you go to their partnered discord section, you will see a ridiculous amount of servers, discord servers that go across the world. And a lot of them are Alliance servers. So they're out there. And all it takes is one person to encourage a new player to join that, to level quickly, get lots of gold, and never have to worry about getting killed or grinded again. And the integrity of the game, as it is right now, is dying. The game's not dying. The integrity of the game is dying. And if more and more new players come in and and go that route, adventure is going to be more dead than it is right now. And the PvEVP game should just become a PvE adventure game that just so happens to have ships. Because the ships don't matter. Player skill doesn't matter. Stealing in PvP doesn't matter. And that's the message that Rare is sending. And it's really bad for player experience. Especially the veteran players who have been playing this game for a long time and appreciate the stealing. Appreciate a good naval fight. Appreciate a good board attempt and fight on a boat. And they appreciate their boat and they honor their boat and they hold their boat to a high, high level because no boat, no money. If you don't have your boat, you don't get the money. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think. Either email me at piratetalkradiopodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, TV on Twitter, or I encourage you to join our community Discord. All the links are in the description box or um, in the show notes uh, in, in, the, in the podcasting apps. You can also check out this podcast on YouTube. And if you do check it out on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button because once we get to 100 subscribers, um, we can actually name it properly. And so it's not gibberish in the channel. And I can actually say it's youtube.com slash pirate talk radio right now. I can't, uh, so we need to get to hundred subscribers that channel just launched. So, uh, it's growing quite quickly, um, but we're not quite there yet. So if you want to go over and click the subscribe button there, turn notifications on, please do give a thumbs up to this podcast or drop a rating. I always try to get a thumbs up or a five-star rating, but if I didn't measure up, to that thumbs up or five-star rating, please leave me a rating that tells me why and what you would like to see me do better in future episodes. You can also always reach me in the Discord community. I'm always available as long as I'm at my computer. I don't live on my computer, but I'm around it quite a bit. You can reach me there. And there's an entire Pirate Talk Radio section in the Discord where you can drop ideas or future questions for me to cover on the podcast. But if you don't want to join the Discord, I understand. You can always email me or hit me up on Twitter Uh, with any of those questions, concerns, um, or topics that you would like me to cover in the future. But guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. And if you haven't done so already, please check out our sponsors, MMORPG.com, Deathwish Coffee, Humble Bundle. And yes, of course, you, the viewer, can become a direct financial supporter of this broadcast and of my content. And that is over at Patreon.com slash TV. And guys, I will see you next time on Pirate Talk. Radio.